0: At South State, their focus is on customers first. As a trusted financial partner, they're committed to providing enhanced products and services and banking technology to make your life easier and more convenient. Whatever success looks like to you, they'll make sure you have what you need to take the next step forward. This is banking at its best. This is banking forward. In the Atlanta area, please visit Natalia Dela Cruz in the Decatur office or Ada Ortiz Maceo in the Marietta Parkway office, South State Bank member FDIC.
1: I always say if you have a brain, if you have a body, you have a voice and you can be a leader. And we are all influential in our own networks. So your friends likely are not going to be my friends. Whatever you can talk to them into, have conversations, it's going to be so important. And so it's about all of us. And you can be an advocate and you can be you know, a leader in every single space. Hola, this
0: is Adela Yelton and welcome to Latina South podcast, where we feature inspiring conversations with Latinas who are making things happen in their families, businesses and communities throughout the South. Today we welcome back Gigi Pedraza, founding executive director of the nonprofit Latino Community Fund of Georgia. In part two of our conversation, Gigi shares what she loves about living in the South, including the increasing diversity of people in the region. She also shares more about the challenges facing nonprofits, from the way the work is perceived to having to face society's most complex challenges with limited resources. Gigi invites all of us to become leaders in our own spaces and support the organizations doing the work in the Latino community today. You've lived in the U.S. for a while. And so what are some challenges personally uh, or things that you like to about living in the South?
1: So I was actually born in Canada, but lived there for like, I don't know, six months or something. My, my, my parents were living there and then I moved to Peru. So I spent all my life in Peru. But, you know, I have a I used to have a Canadian, uh, Canadian passport. The question is what I like about living in the South. I love the weather. I don't like cold weather at all. I love the weather. I love how green Georgia is. Uh, I spend most of my my life living in a coastal city in Peru where it was pretty much a desert. I love the rain. People think I'm crazy. I actually love walking in the rain. And even (laughs) if I have a business meeting, sometimes I, I like to go out a little bit. People think I'm crazy. I love the nature. I love really how diverse Georgia is. Uh, when you think about coastal Georgia, the Gullah Geechee community. When you think about the Native American community that's still here. When you think about the incredible legacy of the civil rights movement and the current. Movement leaders that still live here, and I work in day in and day out to make this a place that is welcoming for all all of the diversity in our Latinx community, the fact that there is a growing Mayan indigenous community in Georgia that speaks a number of fantastic languages, and some of them you cannot even write so just thinking how to ensure that those voices are also represented it's a great challenge to me so i I really enjoy living here and getting to know Georgia every day.
0: And I know you travel a bit, too, outside of Georgia. What would you say are some of the contrasts between living in the South and maybe some of the places you've visited in other parts of the U.S.?
1: I mean, in New York, for example, it's it's incredible how much we are part of the very decision-making sort of network, right? I mean, you look at New York City Council, you... You walk and you just, we are everywhere in every space. And I love that. And at the same time, it's a a state that had a very different sort of journey to get where they are. And so I struggle sometimes, you know, how fast things move there and how people sometimes, you know, are, are very straightforward, but at the same time, don't take a second to check with each other for real, right? Um, so in that way, I I, I I love New York, but I can see how different it is, even the way they define success for some of the work that we do is, is, is very different. Um, I have been to California very briefly. So I don't know enough, but I love the food. I'll say that <laughs> everywhere. Uh, and I really love the water. I, live to be, I, I love to be uh, close to the water. I was recently in Montana, which is, uh, um, I checked my new census numbers as soon as I got there because it's so vast the state and I was like, wow, this is a huge growth in the Latino community. It's you know close to five percent now, and wow. and it is because of construction work and and all of these jobs that are growing uh, in several of the cities in both 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 and um, all of these cities and you know these colleges that exist. So it was it was very different. I, I, I love going to to Montana, but I was never happier to come back to Georgia.
0: And, and you mentioned some of your some places throughout the South and and I know you have daughters. You know, what what's one of your favorite places to go as a family?
1: I love Cumberland Island. I love its history and the nature of it in of course uh South uh coastal Georgia. I really like Savannah, too. And if, if you are in Savannah, you have to do the underground tours that are usually tour, uh, a content that it's not really shared in sort of mainstream tours. So it's the history of all the slavery trade and, you know, where slaves were kept. And you can really see the consequence of that um, in in the South. So I really love Savannah, too. I love so many places, all the natural um, parks in Georgia. I mean, Caola Falls. We go hiking every weekend with my girls. They are now, one is a teenager, one is almost a teenager. So they are always complaining a little bit that they don't have to go. Um, But yeah, we we enjoy nature. We enjoy the green spaces.
0: That's wonderful. And I hear what you're saying. I also, a mom to teens, and I just make them go anyway. Yeah, exactly. This episode of Latina South is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. I recently watched a video called Los Viejitos, a TV spot that tells the story of a group of elderly amigos in South Miami who are having fun going to the same McDonald's since 1998. People working there know their orders by heart and appreciate them like familia. McDonald's has become special to this group just like they've become special to McDonald's. Me encanta. At this point in the interview if you don't mind me asking and I know you have so many words of wisdom for that you've already mentioned throughout our conversation you know what what are some words of wisdom that you would like to leave with our listeners
1: One thing that I have been reflecting lately is that sometimes folks don't see nonprofit organizations or nonprofit leaders as equal uh, with business leaders or corporate leaders or elected officials. And I would like that to change. This is very complex work, very difficult work. Nonprofits are corporations. We just have a tax determination. Uh, We do the entire business plan, but our business plan is how to make society better. And so consideration and for that and 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 for people to see that we are doing the work and our work is equally, if not more valuable, than other business people, I think it's it's very important um, for us and for so many folks that have dedicated and continue to dedicate their lives to do this work. It's it's not easy, it's not well paid. Um, you'll know that, because all of our financials are public, unlike many, many businesses. That's something that has been on my mind uh, recently.
0: You are some of the most hardest working people that I know, hardest working and most impactful. And you're right. It may not be in terms of of dollars, although many things are quantifiable, maybe more over the long term than the short term. When you say you wish people would see that, what part do you want them to see?
1: Well, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I was at an open house. With my kids' school, right? And I got asked, what did I do for a living? So I said, I run a nonprofit organization. And they said, Oh, do you do that full time? And is that profitable? And I would never ask anybody if their job is full time and profitable. And that itself, it's you, know, you are assuming that it's not worth your time or maybe it's not a full-time thing because it's a pet project. Um, and then I have also heard many times, oh, you know, they don't have a real job. They just work as a nonprofit. Uh, it is very hard work. And, and then because of the work that we do, oftentimes we get requests from people that say, hey, can, I be, can you help me become a nonprofit? And when I asked the why, they said, oh, you know, I have this idea and I just want to make money they think it's to make money. They think it's easy to, to do this work. And it's not a pet project. It's not a an ego thing. It's not I have an idea. And that's what was behind my comment.
0: There are a lot of assumptions in that statement <laughs> of that person, the lack of awareness, right, of the hard work required and i will even say you know blood sweat and tears and it takes a special person what what are some challenges to find other people like you right to work in that world because i know it does take a special person that the purpose is is not necessarily for profit or even the highest salaries it might be something different
1: well i think compensation is a big challenge it's a big problem we are scrutinizing and judging Quite often, salaries of nonprofit leaders, assuming we shouldn't get paid for work. However, like I mentioned before, when we are tasked with trying to address and solve some of the most complex societal issues, how are we expecting that smart, committed, well educated people can devote their lives to these very complex issues if we are not compensating them? So the financial piece, uh, it's it's important. The other piece, I think it's social capital. Sometimes advocacy and being vocal and speaking up is seen as a threat to some people. And not everybody is willing or capable to put at risk their social standing or their friendship or however you want to call it. So it's very important to think about what we are willing to invest and that's not only time and money, but it's also sometimes friendships uh, to be able to truly be committed to this work.
0: It takes courage, that's for sure.
1: The other thing that I think it's important is that we need to do work to educate ourselves on the political and social history of our state, our communities, our country, because quite often the rhetoric and the narratives are to separate us, to you know, be against each other and that is by design. But if you do the work and, and look at history, every time there's been a win that has benefited large groups of people, it has always been in coalition. Uh, people know about Cesar Chavez and the Farm Workers Movement They don't know that, yes, it was Mexican and Mexican-Americans and Filipinos and, you know, all kinds of different folks that came together. They couldn't even understand each other. They had to come up with a system of clubs and ways to be in agreement. But it was all of us together. When you think about the civil rights movement and you think about, for example, the Rainbow Coalition of folks coming from, you know, Puerto Rico and from the African diaspora and African-Americans coming together again in the LGBTQ movement, coming together to look for bigger wins for all of them together, right? That has been our history. And it's, to me, it's been one of the most incredible experiences to learn about that and to see it work. And so to have the opportunity to realize some of those wins or expand those again uh, as our North Star. Um, it's huge and it makes you also feel part of something bigger that has already been accomplished and can only get better.
0: What advice would you have for for uh, maybe Latinas that are earlier in career that are considering going into the nonprofit world?
1: Do it. We need you. <laughs> Do it. Um, I always say, If you have a brain, if you have a body, you have a voice, and you can be a leader. And we are all influential in our own networks. So your friends likely are not going to be my friends. Whatever you can talk to them into, have conversations, it's going to be so important. And so it's about all of us. And you can be an advocate and you can be you know a leader in every single space. Today I just came from a meeting with Senator Warnock. And, you know, we were talking and, you know, I made my asks because those meetings are to ask things. Um, And, you know, there's his team. And then all of a sudden this young woman approached me and he said, hey, Gigi, I know you. And I said, oh, where from? Because we're wearing masks so we cannot see our faces. And she told me, I used to be your neighbor. And I am now Senator Warnock's press secretary and I met you when I was twelve years old or you know, something like that, 14 years old. And and I said, Oh my god, yes, I remember you went to UGA. And she said, Yes, and then you know I graduated and now I'm working with him and it's so nice. And and so that connection to see that there is literally in Georgia, not six, but maybe three degrees of separation with everyone. It's so important to realize because then we all know each other or we are all interconnected, and our present our future is all interconnected, so everybody's influential, everybody can you know be a leader and create positive change wherever we are. How can we best support you and your work? very important question um several ways we're always looking for volunteers and for organizers, so right now we are in the middle of two important campaigns, one is to ensure that we have fair, transparent maps uh, during the redistricting process. This is a process that fundamentally happens every 10 years and determines what resources we have available, but also who has a chance to represent us at every level. Um, And so to be engaged, we have a, a campaign called Un Mapa para Todos. And this is, again, as part of a Greater coalition, a very diverse coalition, which is the Georgia Redistricting Alliance. So, if you're interested in learning more, understand how this affects you, what you can do, you can always uh, join one of our free trainings or join and do text banking or meet with one of us. Uh, the web thread is latinosfordemocracy.net. Uh, and the other campaign is really COVID relief and mitigation. We are very clear that. Uh, our community needs to have access, uh, but also accessibility, right, and affordability to COVID nineteen mitigation, probation, and recovery. Uh, and so, an equitable and, and, and just and inclusive uh, recovery strategy—it's—it's it's very important. So you can also, uh, you know, learn more, join us in our social media, and be a leader.
0: <laughs> a plenty of opportunity to connect with your organization, with the Latino Community Fund of Georgia, to get involved. And uh, thank you for being here, uh, the infamous uh, Gigi and famous uh, Gigi Pedraza. I'm so grateful to be connected uh, to you. And I look forward to continuing to support you and your work.
1: Thank you, Adela. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on Latina South Podcast. If you'd like to hear someone be interviewed on a future episode, please nominate them by dropping us a line at hola at Thank you and hasta la próxima. See y'all.